Saturday on Beyond the Vibe, I'm joined by Nathan James of Inglorious and the newly formed supergroup Iconic. Last time I met Michael, um, Inglorious were playing on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Towards the end of the interview, Michael actually was walking through the atrium, leant over the balcony and shouted down and said, this is the best singer on the whole ship. Well, and, I, and I was just speechless. I was drunk as well. so we were all, <laughs> And the, the whole thing was just crazy. I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it, to be at that level, you know? So they're still touring the world, kicking ass on drums. Um, and he's a lovely guy, you know, super respectful. On this, these shoots as well, he didn't even have like a, a drum take with him. So he got there like two hours early to set up his own, to set up his own kit. <laughs> and I walked in, I walked into the studio and Tommy's there setting up his own kit. And I was like, this guy is yeah. a legend. <laughs> You'll notice I have fancy cameras now. Ta-da. Yeah. Wow. Multicam. Oh that's amazing. I need that. I'm that's a, I was going to say, if you, if we get a, it's like a switcher that I'm using. So if you have a switcher, your end, you could do multi-camera shots in your house. That's so clever. <laughs> so I've got I, a market. Yeah, I don't even record my own vocal demos like in a microphone <laughs> I'm useless I have no focus right anything it, the key is delegation that's what you're doing you're, you're delegating uh, yeah. to those I, am, I know that that is not one of my skills so <laughs> I'm not going to try and learn but that that's the strength knowing your weaknesses yeah and I'm a well, I suck at that so <laughs> So I'm here uh, once again with Nathan James. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to speak with me once again. No problem. Looking forward to it. Yes. Um, of course, you've been, as we were speaking about just before then, uh, you've been very busy uh, since we last spoke. <laughs> of course, uh, you're now part of the uh, the supergroup Iconic. Um, I remember that first single uh, being released, uh, Nowhere to Run, uh, when it came out. And I was kind of, I was a bit surprised by it because I was like, where's this come from? You know what I mean? Like, and then it's like, bang, there's, there's an album coming out as well. It's not just a single. So like, how did that all come about? Because it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, you know? It was actually going on for quite a long time. So I think just before the pandemic, we started talking about it. And originally the idea was the record label wanted to put me with Michael Sweet to do an album. Um, we didn't know what it was going to be, um, mm. but it eventually just kept growing and growing into this band. And then they were like, well, who do you, who would you like to be involved? And I kind of said, oh, it'd be amazing if we could get Marco Mendoza on bass. And by this point, Joel had already joined. Mm. I worked with Joel in Transylvania Orchestra. So a big fan, know him. Uh, we've, he also co-wrote, I don't know if you know, there's a couple of Inglorious songs. So he wrote Medusa on the We Will Ride album. Oh, yeah. Bill, and he co-wrote a song called Your Mine on our first album. So um, 
yeah, big big fan of Joel, big fan of Marker, and then when they told me that Tommy was going to be on it, I just I couldn't believe it. like if I was to pick one, you know, it would be him. Like, he's he's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? When I when I saw the video, because I knew nothing about it till the video. Oh, cool. Uh, so I. I, I pressed the I thought oh you know you've got a new thing out this will be interesting I press it and then and then you know I'm looking around I see Michael Sweet I see you know Tommy Hartridge at the back I'm what is what is going on Nathan like what have you been doing mad <laughs> and it was also I'm not try, I haven't tried to be cool for any of this like I no it's cool I am a big big fan of all of them right so yeah. that day and those couple of days that we were in LA shooting those videos it was mm. just surreal like walking <laughs> like walking onto a set with them and they've all been just there dressed up ready ready to rock and like the whole day a couple of days was mad and then hanging out with them having dinner with Tommy and uh, Michael Sweet the night after the first videos and then oh just hearing his stories and, and I, went, <laughs> I went to the rainbow and got absolutely rat assed before the next day um <laughs> yeah, it was just it was an amazing experience and I felt like I was like really living the like LA fantasy and to to be doing it with those guys it's just unbelievable I, I wouldn't have taken any time away from Inglorious unless it was something unbelievably special and that group of men and that album was really really special because mm, th that was something that kind of first struck me because I'm you know seeing this new project I was like well you know obviously Inglorious is your baby so you know this must be a big thing if you're if you're gonna go and do this other thing as well you know yeah and i've been asked to do things before you know i've been asked to do hmm. other groups and join other groups or sing back sing vocals on people's albums that can't sing high notes anymore um, <laughs> which i'd get in a lot of trouble if i told you that was but like there's lots of things I've, I've been asked to do a lot of things but it's not the things you say yes to it's the things you say no to so some sometimes something comes along that you cannot say no to right yeah. and, and this would have i know i know it was going to be amazing and incredible for me to work with my heroes you know mm. like, such an incredible experience i absolutely mm. loved it and um people seem to really be digging the album as well which is cool yes um of course speaking of that uh you know second skin which is obviously out now um when you kind of began that recording process, what was that kind of dynamic like? And like, how did you personally approach the album? Because obviously it's very different to, you know, going in with Inglorious, kind of you have the full control with Inglorious. It's a bit of a different yeah. dynamic. It's a weird one. So obviously with Inglorious, we all write, the whole yeah. band writes. Um, but I take care of lyrics, melody, pretty much most of that um so with this the songs were kind of written before i got to them apart from two so and they sent me the demos with the producer singing on them and i was like yeah this is absolutely fine i'm gonna be able to do this and then they sent me two songs without any vocal or any melody just two backing tracks and said we want you to write these two mm. and i was a bit apprehensive at first because i'm so comfortable in writing 
with with my band the way that we have done since the beginning you know i mean since where they and us come up with a riff come up with a song idea and then i go away on my own and then write the lyrics so i'm usually involved from day one whereas this time i was just handed something and said can you make that into a song which was really kind of strange um so the songs that i wrote are the final track on the album which is enough for your love which is a really bluesy shuffle like proper early white state vibe that i i love um (laughs) and the second one i wrote was all i need which ended up being the third single um and i remember hearing it just thinking oh it's like it needs to be an epic and i hate saying the word cheesy but it needs to be it does need to be an epic cheesy love ballad and i haven't really written anything like that before so i kind of tried my hardest to write something that fit the music and frontiers liked it so much that they made it a single so i'm, I'm really really chuffed with that actually and mm. um, obviously speaking of those two songs um what's kind of is there is there like a, a meaning behind them you know considering that you read them is there did you draw from any personal experiences or is it kind of not so much on all i need that's kind of i'm gonna be honest it's a bit more it's just a bit more vague um yeah and not every not every song is do you know what i mean a, a sweeping political statement or something like <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they are just songs to listen to yeah. um enough of your love is um about <laughs> about being in the company of someone who's like a um a massive like cokehead or right um, okay someone who just can't stop talking basically um and we've most of us in the industry have been in situations where they've been surrounded by people who just can't stop talking due to the abuse of uh, certain chemicals so i kind of wrote it about that and kind of from their position uh as well and it's about that relationship between yeah drugs interesting um one of the other things that really kind of struck me on this album was um obviously the the dual vocals that you did with uh with michael sweet um particularly on those singles as well um what was that how did that kind of happen because you know like i i believe didn't you record the album kind of separately yeah Um, logistically obviously it that's how it had to be it was in the we recorded this during the pandemic and um they sent the files over here just originally without michael's vocals on they had the producer alessandro's vocals on and um so i sung the dual stuff with alessandro originally so i didn't hear what michael was doing so i was kind of like guessing what he'd do maybe and i know obviously i'm a fan of his voice i know kind of what he would kind of do um so i tried to fill in the gaps and then i didn't actually hear his versions till it was back with mine all mixed and finished and i was like oh my god that's amazing like i just couldn't believe uh how how good we sound together in that our voices are so different he has such an incredible high powerful um meaty like meaty upper register and mine is kind of a, a bit more on this album richer and grittier and um i think it really complements each other we're not in the same space at all you know we're always kind of like doing this and i think i think that definitely 
helps. I think when you get two singers with big voices on now, but it, it can be an absolute nightmare. But I don't think, personally, I don't think that's the case with this. I think it's actually really tasteful and we've, we're singing in the right places. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's interesting having, I imagine, a, a guy that's kind of more synonymous with, with fronting a band be in yeah. the band with you. Um, but he's enjoyed it. I yeah. think that's the, the cool thing for him is that I think he's enjoying having the pressure off almost a little bit, you know, and getting, he, he co-produced the whole album, co-wrote the whole album. So he's kind of taken a different spin on it. And yeah, I thought, I thought, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. If I could play the guitar and if I could produce and do all that stuff, I'd be doing the same thing, right? You'd want to do a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's has no signs of like slowing down, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's pretty like insane i mean I'd, it's, it's interesting how you guys you know considering you were not even in the same country you've still had this chemistry because it, it does feel like even though you weren't in the same room it feels like you were maybe you know from an outsider perspective kind of batting around ideas or something you know, really, you know it's got that kind of flavor of like maybe it was kind of done in the room um yeah which is quite unusual considering obviously it's, you were kind of doing it on the fly i think this is me aside by the way not yeah. including, not including myself in this next statement <laughs> um, quality when you have the best musicians and the best quality of of writer producer etc performer together you're only going to get something that's good right they, that, that is that is what they live for they strive for greatness they are all incredible on their music on their instruments they're all great people and we all have a mutual respect for each other because mm. like, i'm sure they i wanted to do this album because i respect them and they didn't need to do the album so i'm guessing they thought i was okay as well <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> so i'm hoping it's like a, a big mutual respect thing where we all wanted it to be great and we all respected each other we all let each other do our own things and and in the end we knew that if we all did the best we could uh we come up with a product that we're already proud of mm. it's um oh, when i was kind of looking through things for the for, for this interview I was, I was struck by uh there was a couple of interviews with michael where he spoke about you know he'd wanted to kind of work with you for a while now and he'd he'd kind of admired you from afar and it's like this is <laughs> like from your perspective i imagine you're probably thinking like you know this is pretty mad <laughs> you know yeah so mad and the first time i met michael um inglorious were playing on the monsters of rock cruise mm. and like towards the end of the cruise they were doing a Q&A with us with Inglorious in the like atrium, the center of the ship. And it spreads over like three floors. And um, I think it was Don Jameson was doing ours. Uh, so he's doing our interview, talking, telling funny stories and anecdotes about recording and told a story about Phil uh, shitting his pants, going up the Eiffel Tower. Just like ridiculous tour stories that, <laughs> that everyone found hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Towards the end of the interview, Michael actually was walking through the atrium, leant over the balcony and shouted down and said, this is the best singer on the whole ship. Wow. And, I, and I was just speechless. I was drunk as well. So we were all, <laughs> 
and the ho the whole thing was just crazy. I didn't believe it happened, and um, so from then on, I've always been like, oh my god, it's amazing. He respects me, uh, and yeah, to finally get to do this with him is amazing. Like, how what an incredible thing and music lasts forever right so this vinyl lasts forever i get to keep this and it's become part of my history and part of my kind of musical legacy and i'm so thrilled to be able to to do it with him also he's he's like the nicest man so like the other day we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks mm. and he just sent me a text message at like 2 a.m here so it's probably the evening in that over there just been like hey man so i haven't spoken to you in a little while just thinking of you buddy hope you're okay um love from me and lisa and you're just like this is so wild like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he just messages me to check i'm okay like he's just such yeah, a cool yeah. but such a nice guy mm. i mean that that for me is kind of the the extra kind of icing on the cake isn't it when you when you're in a band with you know such talented guys but they're also very down to earth at the same time still you know particularly yeah. after all they've done and the, the careers that they've had um you know that's that's kind of the benchmark isn't it to be still at that yeah. kind of thing you know it's amazing. Um, <laughs> i know um is there a you know, looking at the album, is there a particular favourite track for you? Do you have one that you've kind of... Um, I like songs like Let It Go and Worlds Apart. I think songs where people get to hear me, like, really emote and mm. um, show off that cleaner side of my voice, the more, like, AOR melodic side of my voice that I don't lean into as much now with my own band. You know, so I don't, Inglorious have historically over the years become from a bluesier place to a more hard rock slash metal sound. Um, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So it's quite nice for me to kind of like lean into that, like nice, clean vocals, clean riffs, uh, emoting a song. Cause like, that's what I love doing. I love, I do love telling a story. I love making people feel things. I love making people, I love making people cry. <laughs> like it sounds awful, but I love I love making people feel something. That's why. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I can see it now. Like you're playing uh, to a live crowd. Everybody's crying. You're just like, yes, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great man is is there kind of from this whole experience has there been any kind of maybe a piece of advice or or uh, a skill that maybe you've acquired that you'd look to apply to your your own work going forward it's it's kind of the same whenever i work with these guys so 10 years ago i joined the transferring orchestra it was 10 years ago this year it's the same working with that level of musician the al petrelli's the john o'reilly's who played in rainbow whatever whoever it may be the professionalism is through the roof and that's what i've always expected from my own band and from every band musician that i work with i expect that same level of professionalism. Um, so yeah, it just, whenever I work with them, it just reaffirms that I, I'm not, yeah, I, 
sometimes people think I expect too much out of them. And I, and, I, and I don't. I just expect what everyone else who we want to be like is giving. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, if you want to be a world-class musician or you want to be the best singer on the planet, act like them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, to do it properly. Hone your craft, practice, be good, um, and be able to deliver like these guys do, you know? Mm -hmm. But all these guys are just consummate professionals. And I, th I think that is amazing. Especially to have that one, uh, Tommy's 70 years old. <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? To be at that level, you know? Some days, I don't want to like get out of bed. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm 33, <laughs> 71 years old or whatever, and it's still, touring the world kicking ass on drums um and he's a lovely guy you know super respectful on this these shoots as well he didn't even have like um a, a drum tech with him so he got there like two hours early to set up his own, to set up his own kit <laughs> and i walked in i walked into the studio and tommy's there setting up his own kit and i was like this guy is yeah. a legend like, this, <laughs> like just amazing it's freaking incredible like his work ethic and yeah yeah i like people who want to work i want like people who want to work hard for this because it's it's so hard it's so hard to do mm. and um people have always confused my my want to be better or to be successful with with whatever it may be, whether it might be the fact that they think I've got a huge ego or the f they think I'm a diva or whatever. <laughs> you see, I just want, I want everything to be the best it can be. Because mm. I've noticed that if I go to a show and everyone is killing it, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a team, they feel it. And if you're, you have respect, they feel it. But similarly, they feel it if you're unhappy, and they feel it if you're if you're not working as well together. Do you know what I mean? You want to be constantly putting on the best show you can for the people that are paying money, and the people that are the reason that you get to do this for a living. Mm. Well, I, I completely agree. And the, the 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 one thing that really strikes me, I mean, this is something that I always kind of do. Like, I think that you you naturally push people to reach what you know they're capable of like yeah. if you know they're a top draw musician then i don't see an issue with like pushing them to achieve that yeah you know it's it's that you know i'd i'd you know if i wasn't pushed by somebody to reach my full potential i'd look back and i would think ah oh, you know maybe i could have done that better or something yeah. you know what i mean i think i think it's good to have that yeah, um, I, be... I also, something I've realised recently, I'm going a bit off topic here, sorry. <laughs> no, um, come on, we, we are drifting on a tangent, but we're cool. I got, um, <laughs> I got offered a TV show, um, like a pilot situation that was going to happen and blah, 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 but quite a big television company. Hmm. And I turned it down because what I think I finally realised at 33 is that... I've never wanted to be famous. 
Mm. Like the idea of fame, I had 10 years ago when I was on a TV, reality TV show or whatever, I never wanted that bit of it. I just wanted to be a good singer. Mm. I genuinely just wanted people to go, that guy's a great singer. You know, and I wanted my heroes to go, that guy's a great singer. And now I'm there. I've I finally, I'm in a place where Michael's tweet will text me at two in the morning. Don't bother. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm in a place where Glenn Hughes will get me up on stage to perform Burn With Him or David Coverdale will shout me out at the O2 Arena. Do you know what I mean? And say, I mean, that must be you know, the ultimate. I'm in a place where I am. Ha I'm. I feel like I've done it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I've achieved what I wanted. It wasn't ever to be famous. The, the nonsense of being famous is horrendous. It's awful. So I'm quite happy not to be. I just want to be. Uh, people to know that I sing. People to enjoy that. If they don't enjoy it, cool. Uh, there's no problem. You can't please everyone. But yeah, I, I just I love singing. Singing mm. is like, will always be my favorite thing. I, I think that's a, you know, it, it reflects that, you know, you see it in, even in the videos, you know, you look like you're having a good time. You look like you're enjoying yourself. And, you know, I think particularly live as well, I think um, that kind of energy, like if you know the musicians are enjoying themselves and having a good time, you want, you know, you're kind of on board with that. You, it's infectious, isn't it? Hmm. You know, like if, if somebody, I don't know, a vocalist is, is running around or doing whatever he does, it's like, you know, you want to, you want to go a bit mad as well. <laughs> you, yeah. know, like you, you kind of vibe off that, don't you? Absolutely. You know. And I, and that is a, that is a confidence thing. The reason why performers can share that with you is because they know that they've practiced long and hard. Mm to get good and they know that I know that when I go for that note I'm going to hit that note yeah. so if I want to smile or run around or dance about or whatever I'm doing I can do that as well do you know what I mean because I'm enjoying it it's a, it comes it's a, it's a confidence thing that means that I know that none of my boys are going to mess up ever mm. ever doesn't happen never has it happened in any situation have they ever messed up so i'm like there's an unbelievable amount of like support you feel when you're in in a band like that who just they deliver live every time every single mm. time and i you know i'm super super comfortable on stage because because we all know what we're doing we all know what we're doing we know our ability and we we still love it we still absolutely love it hmm. um of course speaking of that uh of course inglorious will be hitting the road uh with the uk tour starting on the 15th of september um obviously you're doing the tour this time around are there any kind of wheels in motion for any albums going forward with inglorious or or any we started writing some demos which is good um i got sent one the other day by dan and danny so that's cool me and danny wrote like four or five ideas the other day um so there is stuff kicking them out you know we are, we are mm. definitely on it um i feel like we want to get this tour out of the way first make sure that we have a good tour make sure everyone's well still um and then we look at sorting that out for next year but yeah it's going to be a 
it's quite exciting. It's an exciting time now. Now we're coming out of. Crazy. I was going to say, isn't this uh, the first one in well since pre-pandemic where it doesn't kind of feel like there's a big pile of restrictions everywhere or something? You know, you can yeah. kind of just hit the road now and actually kind of tour without any concern. Yeah, you know? we did off. We did the We Will Ride album in the height of the first pandemic. Mm in like april of that year so it'll be nice to get in a studio and actually do it kind of uh all together do you know what i mean that's that's will be fun and I, I just can't wait i can't wait to get out there do some festivals got steelhouse festival headlining this friday um a couple of others firestorm in manchester wayfest um and then the tour which mm. is 16 shows trying to get everywhere um but as we know the industry is still still struggling so if people could stop whinging that we're not coming to their back garden that'd be <laughs> um, you can't get everywhere it's impossible <laughs> it's not like we don't try like obviously it's in our it's in our incentive to play as many shows as possible because that yeah. means we, we would make more money right mm -hmm. but it doesn't always work like that because promoters have lost so much money over the last couple of years venues mm. are struggling um people just aren't taking the risks that they would have pre-pandemic um and people still aren't buying tickets until the last minute so it's kind of across the board it's a lose-lose at the minute so please if people do want to go and see the band not just my band i always say this anyone anyone that you love go and see them go and see them mm. go buy some merch um and, and tell these promoters that that yeah that, that it's back and that you, there's still the thirst for gigs is there you know mm, yeah you you know i think it's an important thing at the minute to to go back to that but um yes finally a a question i'd like to finish on for for returning guests um obviously on the on the subject of albums as well uh if there was a classic album that you could like go back to or be a part of in some kind of way what would that classic album be do you think um i said this the other day in an american interview and i still <laughs> stick by it i would have loved to have been in and around the sessions for david coverdale's Northwinds album um which is just for anyone that hasn't heard it it's an absolute <laughs> soul music masterpiece like it's just unbelievable like gospel choir like 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 every everything on this album it's stunning some of the most beautiful songs ever written he's in his prime like his voice sounds incredible and um had an amazing band on it you know, mickey moody was on it it was kind of like it was almost like white snake before it became white snake so mm. it was his, in between that time of purple and white snake it was the album one of two albums he put out i think but this is the yeah, it's an absolute banger and i can just imagine i would have loved to have sung backing vocals on that that would be like a with the, that that would be the one that you go all right i'll do that <laughs> i'd do anything for, for i he is he's my hero he's my absolute hero. um 
and seeing them on that last tour I'm so lucky I saw them before they pulled it but it was, mm. it was a proper spiritual moment like saying goodbye to my favourite band of all time you know saying goodbye to this is so thank goodness that we have cds and vinyls and spotify (laughs) so because yeah i'm just going to be tough without them they have been such a huge part of my life Mm, i know what you mean it's kind of it's strange when you get a band that have just been around for your entire life like with me they've just always been there yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was born in 88 so 87 came out yeah. and then i was born you know so like it's a weird yeah it's weird they have been there for my whole existence mm. well i think that's a really solid choice um thank you very much uh, for joining me and of course if uh, people want to go and uh, check out the, the inglorious tour the link is in the description below um they'll be pretty much everywhere <laughs> so, so yeah so northern uh, ireland yeah yeah except northern ireland we put one scotland date in and one welsh date because everyone was going it's not a uk tour um, <laughs> and it's still not fully a uk tour but it it is the best of what we can do right now in this economic climate. So come and see us. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, that name didn't fit on the uh, the tour poster. So you just, <laughs> just went with the... <laughs> not, not quite a full UK tour tour. Yeah. So we just went with the shortened version. So... <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Nathan.